All right. Many of you know me as the girl that snorts when I laugh. Am I right? <laughs> but there we go. But tonight, you get to see a different side of me that's not just the snorts. Now, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm the youngest of three. I have an older brother, Brandon, who's 25, and he's in the Army. And I have an older sister, Bree, who's 23, and in the middle. Nope, she's starting to be an elementary school teacher. And then I have both of my parents, Les and Lisa, who have been married for 29 years. Now, I remember, <laughs> this is such a good story. I remember a couple years ago, <laughs> I'm already laughing. A couple years ago, I'm sitting in my parents' garage with my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, and then our next door neighbors who are my parents' best friends. And we're all just joking around, having a good time. And my neighbors have this giant, like, chocolate lab. And when I mean giant, I mean, he was like probably like pushing 175, 180. Like he was huge. So this dog's important to the story, right? So we're all joking around, having a grand old time. And uh, <laughs> I'm like sitting there, like scratching this dog's back, like, oh, this dog's like so cute. <laughs> and then I notice that everybody's eyes just turn towards me. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> what's everybody looking at? And, oh man, and what I think is happening in my mind, I'm praying is not actually happening in real life. And so I like, I'm like, okay, what are y'all staring at? And I just feel this little trickle down my leg. And I was like, please, Jesus, do not let this dog be peeing on my leg. Turns out that like back up, like the, when I was scratching his back, that's like his trigger spot. So he just like lifted up his leg and peed all over me. And now, <laughs> so embarrassing. A little fun fact about me is I get embarrassed so quick. Like ridiculously easy, I can get embarrassed. And so I just bolted into the living room, I slammed the door behind me and I could just hear them yelling like, just scream laughing from the garage, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> it was like the worst day of my life, but I still love dogs, so like, it clearly didn't affect me that much. But my family, they're great, and tonight I get to share a story of how God has restored me, and although I have loving parents, like some of the best parents and an awesome sister and a pretty okay brother, he's all right. There is just something missing. And I noticed at a really young age, I started to become envious of my siblings. And I didn't know what it was. I remember, or I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to be. I have a picture of my brother, I think. Y'all have it. So that's my brother. I mean, he's, it's easy to be jealous of them. He's like tall, athlete. He was like, varsity team captain of basketball as a freshman. Like, I don't know how this happens. And then I have my sister, Brie. I think there's a picture of Brie. And that's her husband. Aw, cute. Well, Brie, she's beautiful and she's hilarious. Everyone always wanted to be around her. And like, I always wanted to be like her. Like, she's super awesome. So I love my siblings and they're some of my best friends. But looking back at every family event, it seemed like they took center stage. I remember just kind of hanging out in the background like, man, I have some jokes to tell, like, it's fine. But they always took center stage. 
By the time I was 12, Satan, the enemy, had me believing a lie, and I own this lie. He would whisper to me, you know, Brittany, your siblings, so much better than you. Just look at them. I mean, like, you don't even fit in with your family. You're like 5'4", everybody else is like 5'9 or taller. Like, you just don't fit in at all. And guys, I own this lie. (laughs) I believed that my family didn't even love me because that's how much I believe that they were better than me. This lie, it caused me to seek out acceptance in everywhere else but Jesus. I just, that was the last place I wanted to go. I searched for it in everybody else. I grew up in a Christian home where church is the only thing I knew. When I was really, really little, my dad was a youth pastor, so I was literally in church all the time. I knew every Bible story. I could tell you, I can't even count up how many like church retreats I've been to, how many Sunday school services I've attended, because there's seriously way too many to count. I knew all the questions that the pastors would ask me, but despite all this, I could not find my identity and my acceptance in Christ because I became so consumed with the thought, if I could just get this person to think I'm funny, that's enough for me. If I could just get these people to like me, that's clearly enough for me. When I was 13, I jumped from friends to friends until I found a group of people that I thought liked me or accepted me. And what I didn't know is that this was just fake conditional acceptance, which means that I could only be friends with them if I did what they wanted me to do. Like, what? Why would anybody do that? But I quickly found out that these friends had an agenda. I was not accepted by them unless I was drunk or I was high, or I was doing what they wanted me to do. I, I remember, okay, I used to drink, and when I would drink, I was funny, or like, at least I kind of thought I was funny, who really knows? Like, I thought I was so funny that people were peeing their pants, but it might have been like, because they were also drunk too, and they couldn't make it to the bathroom, but like, bottom line is, I was hilarious, but I thought I was. But That was the only time they wanted me around. That was the only time they wanted to be friends with me. And I thought, if this is what it means to be embraced or liked by them, this actually sucks. See, I hated who I was becoming being friends with these people. I hated that I had to do what they want in order for them to like me. I hated that. And more importantly, I hated that doing all that stuff, it didn't benefit me at all. You see, I used to always ask God, God, if you're so real, then who am I? Why do I always have to feel the need to impress people? Why do I always have to feel the need to do whatever they want me to do? Who am I? The truth was, I would ask God, but I didn't really care to hear what he had to say. I wouldn't take time to sit and actually listen because as much as I wanted to know who I was, I wanted people's attention so much more. I wanted that love and I wanted that acceptance. I grew up going to 4640 and at the time it was called Vertigo. I would bring some of my real friends with me and we went for all the wrong reasons. Let me just tell you, I was a player in middle school, okay? Like I had so much game. Like it's unreal, that's where I got all my boyfriends. 
I don't have, I don't have that game anymore. I lost it, but it's okay. <laughs> but in my life, it came to the point where being accepted by my friends was not enough. That, hey, I started to realize if I do what that boy wants me to do, he likes me. He accepts me, right? He thinks I'm hot. It's false. And it felt good to be what I thought was being pursued by these boys or what I thought was being liked by these boys. The crazy thing is, the whole time I would find myself coming to Vertigo, I felt this longing in my heart. I just, I couldn't help but feel that there just has to be more. You see, I wanted Jesus more than anything, but these friends, they didn't care about that. They didn't care that I wanted a personal relationship with the Lord. They didn't care that I wanted to know who my, like, who am I? They didn't care about any of that. See, it really does, really, really, really does affect your life with the people you hang out with. Guys, like, be surrounding yourself with godly people. In 1 Corinthians 15:33, it says, "Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character." And you guys want to know how bad my company of friends was when I was 14 years old. 14, 8th grade. My best friend got pregnant. That's like more than half of you in this room are in the 8th grade. Like, what? Pregnant. I didn't even That's ridiculously young. But guys, we would sneak out. We would go to parties. We would meet up with boys at the skate park. We would lie constantly. Like we would do whatever we wanted. And that sucked. I thought, I can't keep acting like this. I can't keep trying to please people. I just need help. God, where are you? I prayed and asked God to move people out of my life that were holding me back from him, people that were hindering my relationship with the Lord. And little did I know, the Lord actually listens to us. You see, that verse that said, bad company corrupts good character, I never knew how true that was until he removed those friends. Going into my freshman year of high school sucked. It was the worst. I literally had no one. God literally took those friends and took them out of my life. Like, okay, thanks God, I know I asked for it, but this kind of sucks. And so I would eat lunch by myself, I would stay home on Friday nights alone, I would just, I had no best friend to call up and say, hey girl, how's it going? I had none of that, like, I didn't go to the mall, I was by myself, that's kind of awkward to go by yourself, like, I don't know. But Psalm 120 verse one says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him and he answered my prayer. It sucked when God removed those friends from my life, but it was kind of super awesome too. See, I got over myself and I started to find my identity and I started walking out in who God made me to be. And I wish I could tell you that that's how I got here, but that didn't last long at all. The summer between my freshman and sophomore year, I started my first job. And of course, the first day I get hired, there's this boy, classic. This guy, he was tall, he was good looking, he had blue eyes, he had a car, he could actually drive us places, like he had his license for more than six months, so I could actually drive with him. And we instantly hit it off. 
And within a couple months of hanging out, we started dating. The only thing is I, again, became so wrapped up in what he thought of me. Does he really like me? Does he really love me? What does he think about me? I just need to know. And I completely lost sight of what God thought about me. I was in a better place with the Lord than I've ever been in my entire life. And I gave that all up for a boy's acceptance. I knew who I was and I let that fade away. So we date, we date. This relationship lasts for almost two years in secret, the whole relationship. Kept it from all the pastors, kept it from all of my friends. I didn't really have friends. But it was a complete secret until the Lord told one of the pastors here at 4640 about it. Luke 8.17 says, For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought into the light and made known to all. This, <laughs> this was made known to all. It pretty sucked. But she sat me down, and she told me, Britt, it's time to dump this guy. Like, he's not doing anything for you. So naturally, I didn't do that. We continued to date until I clearly, clearly, clearly heard the Lord tell me, Britt, it's time to break up with him. And you see, in this relationship, I would do whatever he wanted me to do because I was being wanted by him because he accepted me. So I did whatever he wanted me to do. (laughs) So when I broke up with him, it was kind of like the best thing in the entire world. I was heartbroken, but at the same time, I began to hear so clearly what God says about me. He spoke so much into my identity, and he told me that I'm an atmosphere changer, that I bring him delight, and that I have a voice that crushes the enemy in his tracks because I carry the authority of the living God. Like, what? Guys, I started to hear God speak to me more and more. And every time I began to to seek out the acceptance of others, he'd be like, no, 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 Brittany, I love you. I've been here. I'm actually pursuing you, and it's not fake. Like, just come to me. And guys, I started to believe it, and it's awesome. I chose to believe that I'm loved by God. And now when the enemy tries throwing out those lies that people only like me when I'm drinking or people only like me when I'm high or people only like me when I'm doing what they want me to do, I can choose to hear what God says about me. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. I held on to the lie of what people wanted me to be. I believed If you want to be friends with us, let's get drunk. If you want to hang out with us, do what we want to do. And you definitely can't be going to church. And now, if I could please have Pastor Sarah come out. (laughs) Just chilling in the baby pool, Sarah. So I believe these lies. And we're going to start with number one. Lie number one, I believed I was not loved by my whole family. Oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) In the hair. Girl, I hope you didn't shower today. I'm sorry. Okay. 
Oh, oh, all right. I'm sorry, Sarah. At least you have goggles. Okay, but I believed I was not loved by my family, that I was different. This sucked. And I know a lot of us feel this way. We feel like we're outcasts and that we don't even fit in. Guys, <laughs> we look disgusting when we think like that. Like, I'm sorry, Sarah. You're very beautiful, but right now you look disgusting. <laughs> Lie number two that I believed. I'm not good enough. I didn't think I was good enough for anything. Having a brother and a sister that excelled at everything they did made me feel not good enough for sports, not good enough for friends. And guys, it just left me feeling filthy. You go ahead, dump them on her. That's probably how she, oh my gosh, Sarah. Oh my gosh, oh. You're not allergic to like tomatoes, are you? Because that would suck. <laughs> Sarah you're taking this like a champ all right lie number three that I have to work for people to like me to not feel rejected go ahead plaster her up oh gross oh <laughs> oh you poor thing I would say that's like an, that's enough right you've endured enough punishment <laughs> um Probably not even, that's fine. All right, just keep going. I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> Is that, you through all of them? Okay, okay. That I had to work for people to like me, that I didn't have to feel rejected. This was the biggest lie for me. Guys, do you remember the story of Peter in the Bible who was one of Jesus' best friends? He ended up denying Jesus because he didn't want to feel rejected from others, because he wanted to feel the approval. One of Jesus' best friends. Guys. Oh, poor Sarah, I'm so sorry. The thing is, is Jesus spoke to me who I was, who I am, and what I'm created for, and he can and will do this for you too. You, you just have to ask him. Guys, he took every lie I held on to, every lie that gripped me, and told me the truth. He says, you don't think you're loved by your family? I love you more than anything in this life that I laid down my life for you. I laid down my life, and I would do it again. He says, you don't think you're good enough? Brittany, I have given you talents and gifts that nobody else has. Brittany. <sighs> Brittany girl good thing I had to learn I'm so sorry Sarah okay that I had to do everything in this world for people to like me the truth was is Jesus we already have his attention we already have his approval and his acceptance before God spoke to me who I was this is how I saw myself dirty disgusting and full of guilt and shame now that I know who I am and who God says I am I can now see how he sees me. Lay it on her. Okay, be careful. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just pretend it's warm water. It's probably warm. Do you, oh. <laughs> Do you got to clean her all up? Guys. <laughs>
Sarah, I have a new shirt for you too. So you don't have to feel so, so disgusting. I don't know if you want to help that put her on. But guys, this is how God sees me now. I know, just avoid the mess right there and just focus on the cleansing. Guys, she's cleansed now, guys. That's how God saw me, is that I'm cleansed by him and that I'm now free from all of my filth. Give it up for Sarah, y'all. Good job, Mama Sarah. <laughs> Please be careful. Oh, we're just going to leave it. It kind of smells, so I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> okay, but a lot of you, you're probably in the same boat I was. You're believing the fake conditional acceptance of your friends. You're carrying the weight of feeling like you're not welcome by your family. Guys, you're trying and you're trying and you're trying to gain these people approval, and you just can't get hit. Guys, this is a lie, and I know it firsthand, because when God took away those friends, he blessed me with a small group that has become my best friends. He blessed me with friends that I could never imagine having. Friends that lift me up and not tear me down. Friends that constantly are speaking the truth into me. Friends that I can call up if I need a prayer and they're there to pray with me. Guys, they're true God-fearing friends. And I know if you're tired and you're just worn out, feeling like you have to try and try and try to win these people approval. If you just feel like it's a constant battle of God, I can't win, I can't get these people to like me, then give it up. Ask for God to remove these friends out of your life. Ask him to fill you with good Christian friends that want to come to church with you and think it's cool, that want to jam out to worship with you that think it's awesome, that actually love the Lord because he's going to listen, and he's going to do it. Guys, he did it for me, and he can do it for you. When you hear from the Father who you really are, it truly changes everything. Guys, this gets me so pumped, because I know where a lot of you are coming from. You're in the same struggle that I was in. I've been there, okay? I've walked in your shoes. I know what it's like. Guys, you could be believing all of the lies that I was that you're not even wanted in your own family. Now I know that I'm accepted by God and he's the only, only approval that I need. And guess what? You already have his approval. You already have the attention of the creator of the universe and he's desperate for you. <laughs> the best thing about God is when we don't feel worthy of his acceptance, he says, I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you're gonna do tomorrow because all I want is you. I don't care the baggage that you bring because all I want is you. That's all you have to do is you just have to go sprinting to God and tell him, I just wanna know who I am, God. I just wanna know how you see me. I wanna know, God, what is so great about me? God, like, just ask him. Ephesians 1, three through six says, Praise be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of the glorious grace which he has freely given to the ones he love, loves. Guys, 
It says it in the Bible that God chose us. He chose me and he chose you. Like, what? The God of the universe just wants me and that's it? No strings attached? That's all I have to do is just say, all right, God, here I am. That's it. It's literally all we have to do. If there's one thing I want you to take home from tonight, it's this. When you seek and you seek the approval of others and you still don't feel the love and the acceptance that you're desiring, go lay it at the feet of God. Go bring it to him. Nothing is too big for our God to handle. Absolutely nothing. Guys, you will soon start to see that you may never feel acceptance from people or friends because they're not meant to satisfy us. Jesus is the only one that is supposed to satisfy us. Psalm 107 verse nine says, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Guys, partiers accept you because you party. People who smoke weed accept you because you smoke weed. If you do 4-H, then people who do 4-H accept you. But God, he's the only one that accepts us because we're already his. He already created us to have a relationship with him. Guys, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, I don't have to do anything to deserve God's love. And I already have it. See, after you ask him who you are, he's going to tell you. Ask him for visions of your future. I know (laughs) when God gave me the visions that he has for me, I have no desire to go back to seeking others' approval. When he spoke to me who I am, I have no desire to go back to drinking. I have no desire to go back and smoke because I know who I am in Christ and I know what he says about me. Romans 8, five through eight says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Guys, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Just like the scripture says, if we begin to desire what the spirit desires, we begin to desire what God wants for you. So I challenge you tonight, ask God to reveal who those people are in your life. Ask God who he wants to remove, those friendships that are hindering you. Close your eyes with me. Let God speak to you who you actually are and listen. He says, I love you. I chose you. I have a plan for your life. I made you perfect. I took the crown of thorns on my head for you. I took the nails through my hands and feet for you. I was mocked for you. I was hated for you. And I laid down my life for you because you were worth every price I paid. You were worth the blood I shed on the cross. And you were worth it all. And I would do it all again because I love you. The creator of the universe says this about us. Because when we find out who we are in Christ, we never want to be anybody else. So God, I pray tonight that you would just reveal to these students who are those people that are hindering them, God. Who are these people that they just need to let go of so that they can come running to you. Jesus, I pray, God, that every student would want to know who you created them to be, God, that every student would just have a longing to want more of you, Jesus. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.